0: chapter 2 and the verses 1 Revelation chapter 2 and the verses 1 the Bible says and to the angel of the church at Ephesus right now listen we're reading from the book of Revelation don't be scared right I know that when we think of the book of Revelation people are people are like either I'm crazy right or you get scared because you're either crazy as, a, as a, a type of person that's going to be telling the future or doomsday or I'm going to tell you some sort of modern day prophecy. I'm not going to tell you that, right? Because God has given us the book of Revelation and it is profitable for you today. And the book of Revelation is a good book for you to read and it's not a book for you to be scared of. Right Now, there are some things in the book of Revelation that, hey, there are some things that are difficult maybe to understand. But that's okay. That's all right. Don't be scared of it. Let's just dive on in. Revelation chapter 2 and the verses 1. The Bible says, To the angel of the church at Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, verse 4, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Now, as you look at these first three verses, there are a lot of good things going for that congregation, aren't there? Look at those things. Well, there's works. There, the church has good works. I mean, they're, maybe what, what are they doing? Maybe they're, maybe they're feeding the poor. Maybe they're helping. Helping the hungry, they're, they're, they're helping the homeless. I don't know what they're doing. They're doing good works, right? They have, uh, uh, they have good labor. They're patiently doing things at the church. Things are going well. They cannot stand those who are doing evil. They are testing those who say they are apostles and are not. And so they are doing good works for the church They are standing firm upon the truth of the New Testament gospel. They are standing firm upon what they see as the apostles' doctrine. All of those things are great and wonderful, except they're doing all of those things, but they have left off the glue that holds it all together and that is love they have left off love let's turn over to 1st John chapter 4 and the verses 7 1st John chapter 4 and the verses 7 the Apostle John says beloved let us love one another for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. We often think of God as God of commandments, a God of rules, a God of justice, and, and God is all of those things. But when you boil it all down, let us not forget that God is Love and the motivation for everything that God does is because of love. Verse 9, in this, the love of God was manifested, was shown toward us that God has sent His only begotten Son, His monogamous, into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God. It's not about us. It's not what we did. It's not about our punch card. But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Verse 11, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You see, the church at Ephesus, they had the apostles' doctrine right. They had all, man, they had the, you know, the, Either hear, believe, repent, confess, be baptized. Oh, they had all five of those points right. They had, you know, the singing, the praying, the, the Lord's Supper. They had all those things right. They had all these things right in the church, except for the glue that holds all that together. And that is love. What kind of church is the church here at 70 West? Does 70 West have all these things right? Do you have all the five points right? Do you have the, you know, the, how does someone become a Christian? Is it right? Have all these things right? All the apostles' doctrine, is it right? Everything right except for, have you forgotten? What would Jesus say about 70 West? Have you forgotten? Love So, the church of 70 West, is it like the church at Ephesus? Have you forgotten love here at the church? Or are you like the church at Pergamum? Let's go back to Revelation chapter 2 in the verses 12. Revelation chapter 2 in the verses 12, he says, And to the angel of the church of Pergamus write, These things says he who has the sharp, two-edged sword I know your works now listen that to me every time I read that is a very eye-opening statement isn't it I know your works he knows what you're doing now we're not talking about Santa Claus here right whether you're awake or whether you're sleeping, we're not talking about Santa Claus. We're talking about the creator of the universe who knows everything about you. And he knows what you're doing, whether you are at church or whether you're at home. He knows what you're doing when you're on your phone. He knows what you're doing when you're at work. He knows what you're doing when you're af- off work with your friends. When it comes to the church, he says, I know your works, verse 13, and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas, my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. But I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold the doctrine of Balaam who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed to idols, and to commit immorality. Balaam? Balak? (laughs) Well, hang on a second. Okay, Balaam and Balak. Okay, and what are we talking about here, right? Now, you remember the story of Balaam and Balak. You remember the, the book of Numbers? Chapter twenty-two, right? Numbers chapter twenty-two, the story of Balaam and Balak. Balaam was a so-called prophet of God. You remember that story? And King Balak, he looks out, and here comes the children of Israel coming through. This horde of people coming through, and King Balak looks at that, and he is nervous. He he wants to retain. His territory. He, he's fra- frightened. He's afraid. And so he goes to Balaam and he wants Balaam to curse the children of Israel. And he goes to, to Balaam the first time and says, Balaam, I'm going to give you this much money if you go and curse the children of Israel. And Balaam says, No, I'm not going to do that. Right? And so Balak goes back to Balaam a second time and says, I'll give you this much money if you go and curse the children of Israel. And Balaam says, no, I'm not gonna do that. And so Balak goes back to Balaam a third time and says, I'm gonna give you this much money. And Balaam says, how much money is that, right? And then the next thing you know, Balaam is on his way to go curse the children of Israel. You remember the story, right? Actually, Balaam doesn't curse the children of Israel. He blesses them. But the issue is here, Balaam was willing to compromise his beliefs and his faith. You see, the church at Pergamum, in Revelation chapter 2, they were willing to compromise their beliefs, they were willing to compromise their beliefs. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and the verses 10. 1 Corinthians 1 and the verses 10, Paul writes, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow, that's serious. He says that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, and that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same mind judgment. You know, Brother Michael, you know, in, in the churches of Christ, you know, Brother Mike, there's a lot of struggles, aren't there? Churches today, I mean, it's, it's tough, especially in paragold you know, there's churches are, are struggling today, you know. I, I don't know that church at Walcott, you know, is struggling, and you know, some of those churches. Gainesville is struggling, where I used to preach, is struggling right now, and there's a lot of churches struggling. I don't know about the churches in Hot Springs, struggling, you know? But you know, brother Mike, you know, I was thinking you know what we could do to, you know, boost numbers, you know? Just in case we wake up in the morning, you know, with a with a horse throat, you know? Just in case, you know, we could you know, just to boost numbers, we got to have numbers, you know? We could put we could put a praise team up here. What do you think? What do you think? I mean, people like that. People, you know, we could bring it in. You know what I mean? We you, people would like people would come, you know. Or how about, you know, we could, you know, we could do away with whatever this is, you know. And we could put a platform here, right? And we we, we could, you know, put like a a guitar, you know, maybe like a drum set. What do you think? The, the, what, what, you know, or you know, hey, I've got a uh, I got a, a a person, a neighbor, about two doors down from not at the children's home, right? But you know, a couple of doors down from where I uh, live at. And, uh, and, and real good speaker. I mean, talks really good. She does a real good job speaking. Uh, maybe we could bring her, you know, and she, be, what, do think? what do you think? What do you think? I mean, the, the purpose is we, we really need to boost numbers. We've got to bring in people into the church. Uh, and that's the, really the, the gist of what we need to be doing, right? We need to bring in a praise team. We need to bring in the guitar. We need to bring in a woman preacher. What's wrong with that? we got to bring in the numbers, right, Brother Mike? Are we at Seventy West willing to practice the doctrine of Balaam? And what is the doctrine of Balaam? The doctrine of compromise of our beliefs, right? You see what that is? And the church at Pergamum was willing to compromise those apostolic doctrines to get what they wanted. They're willing to compromise. Is Seventy West. Willing to compromise to get what they want? The answer is yes, or the answer is no. I don't know. That's the question is for you. Are you like the church at Pergamon? Or are you like the church at Ephesus? Or are you like, oh, oh hang on. I'll pull, the, I'll pull the, uh, the mic here. Let's turn over Second 2 Thessalonians 2 in the verses 15. 2 Thessalonians 2 in the verses 15. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 15, Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or by our epistle. We do not need to compromise what we believe. We do not need to compromise our beliefs. We do not need the doctrine of Balaam inside our churches today. We need to hold true to what we know, to what the Bible teaches we need to know and hold fast to those things, and we know that the Lord will bless our efforts. Are we the church at Ephesus? Are we the church at Ephesus? Are we the church at Thyatira? Let's go back to Revelation chapter two. Revelation chapter two. Let's start reading the verses eighteen. And to the angel of the church of Thyatira write, these things says the Son of God. Who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like a fine brass. I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, oh, they are the last are more than the first. Boy, I tell you, that's fantastic. Nevertheless, he says, I have a few things against you. Because you allow that woman Jezebel, hey, who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants, to commit immorality, and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Now how many people, you know, how many people in the audience today, right, raise your hands, raise your hands this morning, how many people in the audience today have named your daughters Jezebel? Go ahead and raise your daughter, raise your hand if you've named your daughters Jezebel, right? No, no, but anybody over here? No, why? Because we know what kind of woman Jezebel was, right? We know who she was. She was the queen of Israel who led the people astray off into idol worship and to immorality. She was not a good queen and she met a very bad end for herself. And no one today wants to be named after her. Uh, But none of us want to be named after that. Now, as far as the church of Thyatira, I don't know if there was literally a woman in Thyatira named Jezebel or if there was a woman in the church of Thyatira who was behaving like Jezebel. I'm not really sure. But the point was, there was a woman by whatever name who was immoral. And she was practicing that immorality and things were going on and she was teaching that immorality to other women that it was okay. But here is the more challenging part. I want you to look again. Verse 20. He says, Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow you see, the letter's not written, written to Jezebel. The letter is written to the church for allowing her to continue that teaching in the church. What about the church here at 70 West? Do you have someone here teaching about immorality in the Lord's church? Let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and the verses 18. 1 Corinthians 6, and the verses 18. Paul says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. That kind of immorality, folks, ladies and gentlemen, is not fit for the Lord's church. But ladies and gentlemen... Whether we like it or not, whether we look to the left or to the right, whether we look up or down, it is everywhere we look. It's in commercials, it's on billboards, it's in books, it's in magazines, it's everywhere. There's nowhere we can go to get away from this issue. There's no thing we can look at to get away from this issue. It's not something we can hide ourselves from. What do we do? What do we do? We teach ourselves to fight it. And train ourselves to beat it. It's all about submission of the flesh. Training ourselves and submitting ourselves, our flesh, to the will and service of God, getting our bodies and bringing it into submission to God. This woman Jezebel in the Church of Thyatira, she was practicing and teaching immoral acts, and the church was allowing it to continue. Hey, the church here, at Seventy West, is that going on here? And is the church allowing it to continue? Let's look over Romans chapter 13. Romans chapter 13 and verses 13. Paul says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, not in drunkenness, not not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, he says in verse 14, but let us put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us put on the Lord Jesus Christ and let us make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. It is everywhere we look. That immorality is everywhere we go, everywhere we look, but for Christians, for churches, we cannot make any space available for it in our minds, in our hearts, in our eyes, in our phones, in our computers, anywhere. It must be totally and completely cut off. It is a worm that will get inside before you know it. It's 70 West like the church at Thyatira. Let's go back to Revelation 3. Is the church here like the church of Sardis? Chapter 3 and the verses 1. And to the angel of the church of Sardis write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. So many churches today, unfortunately, are on hospice care, and they don't even know it. So many churches today are on hospice care, and they don't even know It's it 70 West on hospice care. You know, I personally speak in a lot of different churches throughout the United States. I travel around a lot. I speak in a lot of different churches. Big churches, small churches. I'm looking around. Let, let, let me look around here. I can put my glasses on. I can't read. I got to get my glasses off to read but I got to put my glasses on to look out here. I'm seeing little kids, little kids. And that's fantastic. Little kids, right? You don't know how many churches I speak in that have no little kids. And I hear little kids giggling. I hear little kids crying, whatever that is music to my ears, right? Because there are many churches that do not have that noise. And those churches, they can hear the preacher, and they can hear the singing, and that's all great for them. But their time as a church is limited because they have no one to replenish the numbers. That church is on hospice. I was going to look at Acts chapter 2 and the verses 37. I want you to go home and read that. But that is the early church of the first century, how it was first formed. I want you to go home and read that. I want you to look and see what the early church did, right? And you look here at this circle, what we call here the church health circle, right? You see this right here, this circle right there? You see there are nine things inside that circle, nine things inside that circle. And you'll see in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 47, you'll see the early church did all nine of these things. They were baptized, they prayed, they were multiplying, they loved each other, they were praising, they took the Lord's Supper, they gave of their means, they resided in the Apostles teaching, and they had proper leadership. Now, if you take any one of these things out, you no longer have a healthy church, right? You no longer have a healthy church. Now, in the churches of Christ, obviously, we would not take out the Lord's Supper. Obviously, we wouldn't take out giving, right? We're going to have a giving, right? But, you know, we're not going to take out baptism because that's what we wouldn't do. But we would much more easily take out elders and deacons, wouldn't we? Well, we don't have anybody qualified. Or we certainly would take this one out because we're more of a country club in a church. We take any one of these nine items that the early church did, we take it out, then we're no longer a healthy church. We're no longer the early church, and we're just a country club that meets on Sundays. Ladies and gentlemen, are we the church at Sardis, or are we the church at Philadelphia? Let's look at Revelation chapter 3. And the verses 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these things says, he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. Verse 8, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, you have kept my word, have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet to know that I have loved you because you have kept my command to persevere. You see, just like the church of Philadelphia, that church of Philadelphia was a church of opportunity. That church had a great opportunity. God is the one with the keys. And if God opens the door of an opportunity for that church, no one is going to shut that door. No one is, because God has that keys to that door. The only one who can shut that door is that church at Philadelphia, right? The church of Philadelphia has a great opportunity before it. Let's turn over to uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, which my good brother Mike read this morning. 1 Thessalonians 1, verses 2 through 10. We give thanks to God always for you, making mention of you in my prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, Patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God our Father Knowing beloved brethren your election by God for our gospel did not come to you in word only But also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake And you became followers of us and of the Lord having received the word in much affliction with joy in the Holy Spirit So that you became examples to all listen in Macedonia and Achaia, who believe, for from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath of God to come. You see, this morning, the church of Philadelphia had a fantastic opportunity, an opportunity for evangelism. An opportunity to share the gospel with other people an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus Christ the church at 70 West are you like the church at Philadelphia are you willing to take hold of the opportunity that God is giving to you God is giving to you an opportunity for evangelism today what are you going to do when the preacher here, who's gone on way too long, finally stops talking and sits down? What are you going to do? You're going to go find a place to eat, right? If you can beat the Baptist to the restaurant, you're going to go and you're going to go find a place to eat, right? You're going to go find a place to eat. You're going to sit down you're going to order lunch. Then what are you going to do? Then you're going to talk to someone at the restaurant. Maybe invite them to church. Invite your server. Talk to people at the restaurant. Share with them what the preacher said today about love, about what the preacher said. about. Tell them about anything. Share with them the good news of Jesus Christ. When you go to work tomorrow, you go to school, I think some of you are out of school tomorrow, right? When you go to school, when you go to work, hey, share the good news of Jesus Christ. God is giving you an opportunity. Now, let me ask you a question. I've been talking to the church. Now let me ask you a question. Have you lost your love for God? Have you been willing to compromise your faith? Have you been someone who's been allowing immorality to fester In your life. Have you been someone who's been allowing other things to come in. And to confuse you. The church. I've been talking to the church all morning. About uh, what kind of church is 70 West. But right now I'm asking you. What kind of Christian are you? Are you a Christian who uh, wants to do everything right. But has no love in your heart? Are you someone who was. Wanted to do right, but is willing to compromise your beliefs? Are you someone this morning who is allowing immorality in your hearts? Folks, it is easy. The things you can look at on your phones, things you can look at on the internet, those things are easy and can creep in. No one knows about it. God does. This morning, what kind of church do you want 70 West be. What kind of Christian do you want to be for the Lord? And just like Philadelphia, the church here at 70 West has an opportunity to have uh, an evangelistic outreach to this community here at Hot Springs. And just like the church of Philadelphia, you as a Christian have an opportunity this morning If you need love, if you need prayers, if you have immorality in your life, if you need to rededicate your heart and life to God, if you need someone to just encourage you, if you need need to be baptized, if you're ready to put Christ on in baptism, this is the perfect opportunity. This is the open door that God has given to you. No one can shut that door except you. The question is, are you willing this morning, are you ready this morning to submit yourselves, your will, your lives, your heart to God? Encourage you this morning to come forward if there's any way that we can help you as we stand and sing.